Welcome to the new healthcare economy where everyone wins for a change. Employers, consumers, primary care physicians, outcomes, shareholders, even our communities all win with costs dropping 20 to 60%. This unstoppable direct contracting movement bypasses the big middles with their crooked game boards, devious rule book, rigged dice, and purchased referees. I'm Rob Barshop, and I'm glad you're here. So what if one in three independent physicians were direct primary care docs? My math is below. According to the data from Medscape, which surveyed 17,000 clinicians, it turns out 17% of clinicians use cash-only concierge or direct payment models like direct primary care. According to data from Medscape, which surveyed more than 17,000 clinicians, it turns out 17% of clinicians use cash-only concierge or direct pay primary care models in 2020. So PCPs obviously are going to make up the largest proportion of providers that are accepting cash pay. And it turns out that 10% of practices charging payment for a flat monthly fee for unlimited services is the number in this article. So here's the breakdown without getting into all the breakdowns of the different wide scope practices like family medicine and osteopaths, the internal medicine folks that just practice primary care, PAs that practice primary care and NPs that are focused on primary care. It's about 643,000 providers. So if 10%, According to the survey at the EPC, that means 65,000 have opted out. And a bit more math, to my point, is if 70% of all physicians are now corporate-owned or system-owned, that means 193,000 are still independent. You now got to take the 10% of DPC, 65,000, divided by 193, and it turns out a third of all the independents are DPC. The rest are presumably a successful ACO, saving Medicare with value-based payments or some other model. Most of this has occurred in just the past five to seven years. So it's the fastest growth area in primary care by far. Direct primary care is not only legit opt-out for family medicine and osteopaths and physician assistants and nurse practitioners and internists, but it's taking off like a rocket as these independents now have a place to flee these big hospitals that are losing doctors in record numbers. So they are finding you don't have to flee this love affair you have with your calling, you just have to flee the abuser, the hospital, by opting out. More than any other show, you know you can meet the thought leaders and innovators right here, including today's guest who has a new offering. Dr. Jonathan Sparrow is founder and CEO of In-House Physicians and Asterius Health, and they're providing direct primary care solutions for employers across the country with 97% customer satisfaction, over 1,000 providers involved, and 450 clients. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, Ron, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you about direct primary care. Yeah, well, any comments before we get going? I'll, I'll let you take the show. Okay, so let's talk about, you've been doing this for a while. Are we talking about in-house or Asterius that has already a thousand providers involved? Yeah, so in-house physicians is the power, is the engine behind Asterius Health. Asterius Health is a a new disruptive innovation that uh, in-house physicians just launched in August of 2022. Okay. So the plan there is to reach out to employers or are you already with employers? I'm a little confused. Both. I mean, yeah, we work with a lot of self-insured employers, but we're going to be talking to a lot of new ones as well. Okay. 
And how many customers do you have right now that are members? Of Asterius Health? Yeah, well, you have 450 clients. Those are employer clients? Yes, they're okay. all employer clients. Yep. Okay. And so how many members are belonging to the company? Over a million. Okay, great. Great. And you have a 97% customer satisfaction. That's basically perfect in, in a consumer world. So obviously the consumers are happy. The patients love it. It's always it's always a top two or top three benefit that the company is offering uh, okay. a worksite clinic. Yeah. And can you talk about like what the offering looks like to an employer? So yeah, focusing in on Asterius Health, we've been in the in the worksite clinic business for over 15 years and by providing on-site and near-site clinics to self-insured employers. And it's interesting, the statistic that you mentioned, <laughs> when you look at the data, uh, only 17% of employers with 500 or more employees, same figure, 17%, offer some type of on-site and near-site clinic in, in 2021. And that's fascinating to me because direct primary care is, uh, and worksite clinics have been around for over 20 years. Yet the penetration in the employer space is, is still low, changing, but still really low. So we asked a couple of questions. We, we asked first, uh, why is that? And we talked to a lot of brokers, uh, consultants, and our own employers uh, that are clients. And, and they told us it's cost, is that uh, a worksite clinic near site or on site is, is still a, an expensive proposition. Despite the, the measured savings and the return on investment, they still see cost as a barrier when you're looking at anywhere between $50 and $80 per employee per month. So we asked the second question, which is, well, you know, how do we reduce that cost dramatically? We can't reduce a little, we have to reduce a lot. And, and the answer was Asterius Health. And, and we can talk more about Asterius Health today, but I think that's where the genesis of Asterius Health came from. It's a, it's a worksite near site clinic that leverages advanced telehealth technology to deliver uh, the same or more benefits and features of a traditional worksite clinic for for 50 to 70% less cost. I think if I can be bold to say, I think the folks in your industry have overlooked a very important study that came out of California. So we had uh, Randa Deaton, who set up client services for PBGH, which is the big purchasing alliance there, biggest in the country. And their study of 3 million patients showed that the ROI for primary care, direct primary care is 10 to one when you start including soft costs. Soft costs meaning workers' comp goes down, absenteeism goes down, retention goes up, presenteeism goes up. So when you don't just simply look at the one-on-one -on -one ROI that you probably can show them with just the primary care, lower utilization upstream, now you can start talking about soft costs and it's a no-brainer. One-to-one seems like it would be a no-brainer. So I understand how an employer can say cost is the issue. They're not doing this. Well, yeah. I mean, they don't believe this. You know, I think that you know when you read between the lines, they're they're skeptic about uh, how how direct primary care vendors measure cost, and and so that's a whole other discussion we could go into. Okay. But there there are a lot of soft costs. Absolutely, that productivity, uh, retention, recruitment, all these types of things. So. You know, you can go about this two ways. You can continue to bang your head against the wall and say that we have these types of savings and, and we can prove them to you. Or you can just address their, their perceived barrier, which is, which is the cost of entering into an arrangement. And, and that's what we did. We lowered the cost. Okay. So what does your employer renewal rate 
most of the companies we talked to on this show, we've had 20 folks like you on this show, and it turns out that anywhere from 88 to 98% are renewing their contracts, usually in the high 90s of what it looks like. Are y'all seeing those same numbers? Yeah, it, it changes from year to year, but if you looked at an average, it's around 95%. Okay, so the customers are extremely happy. They're not going anywhere. Well, once you get a worksite clinic, it's hard to take it away. I mean, now you could go to another vendor. They don't, they don't usually give away the benefit. They just might choose another, another vendor, but we have happy customers. Yeah. And then let's talk about the physicians. Are you doing any kind of NPS internally to see how your physicians are doing and how happy they are? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's another benefit of Asterius Health. And, and so let's talk a little bit more about Asterius Health is that, okay. is that the, the, the opportunity here to leverage this advanced telehealth technology to so remote providers now. So basically what you're doing with Asterius Health is you're taking the major part of the overhead out of the worksite clinic. And that is having a nurse practitioner or a physician in the clinic, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. That's expensive. And we're removing that. We're taking the provider out of the clinic and they're remote. Now, why is it any different than just your two-way video telemedicine? And that's where the advanced telehealth technology comes in where you're leveraging technology that's already been around for a long time to deliver something more meaningful, a more meaningful virtual encounter than a two-way video. Our technology allows the on-site nurse, so we still have an on-site personal presence, to complete an entire physical exam and in real time transmit that to the remote provider. And how this ties back into what you were asking about, what's the NPS scores of our providers, they love it because they don't have to be in the clinic anymore and they can be remote, but rather than giving up some of the data that they use for an encounter to, to identify the diagnosis and treatment, they don't have to jeopardize that. They get all the data that they need. They can look into the ears, eyes, nose, and throats, lung sounds, heart sounds, and they can do that from the comfort of their home. Are your customers starting to ask more for mental health, behavioral health, and also physical medicine offerings? All of them. Yeah, musculoskeletal. So we have a digital musculoskeletal program, uh, behavioral health program. So all those components, as you mentioned, are, are embedded in not only in our solutions, but any type of direct primary care vendor that's going to be successful now has to offer those. Yeah, that seems like a kind of a new thing the last three or four years. I'd say it wasn't part of the program initially since we've been doing this show. Another benefit of the Asterius Health is that right now, any good primary care uh, doctor has a, has a value-based network of, of specialists and facilities that they can use to to extend their impact on the, on the cost of care and the quality of care, it still typically requires them going somewhere. It requires the employee in that clinic or nearsight clinic being referred, appointment scheduled, and they have to physically go to see that specialist. There are some virtual first opportunities for specialty care out there, but it's still two-way video. What we're doing right now is in different regions, we're slowly building this up, is building up a a network of value-based specialists that are willing and interested in seeing our patients right in the, in the employer's workplace. So you can get a cardiology consult, you can get an endocrinology consult, you can get a gastroenterology consult right in the workplace. Okay. And what is your engagement? If you have a million people that are members, I'm going to assume that not 100% of the employees of those folks are engaged. What is your big challenge in terms of getting people more engaged? I think the biggest challenge is, is like any other 
direct primary care, nearsight or onsite clinic does. And that's sharing the message around that this is private. This is not your, your employer doesn't have this information. That there's multiple ways to engage us. It's, it's, you're not just coming in because you, about your diabetes, you're coming in because you want to lose weight or you're coming in because you are, want to deal with stress. So there's a lot of different ways to engage us. Typically, we're, I think we're, we're right in the middle of what, of what everyone else is doing. You usually get about 50 to 60% engagement in year one and year two, you're up to about 75 to 85. And then in year three in our clinics, we're somewhere around 90 to 90, 95%. But from a cost perspective, when you're looking at the cost equation here, it's, it's not so much about what the total percentage is that you're engaging, but are engaging the right people. And so we spend a lot of time focusing on outreach and, and using what, what used to be Deerwalk or Cedargate now technology to, to do predictive modeling and to engage the, the high cost or what are going to be your high cost claimants uh, into the clinic. Let's talk about medications. If somebody needs to access to medications, do y'all have an arrangement with a wholesale pharmacy or a mail order pharmacy, or how do y'all work that out? A great question. Because our providers are not in the clinic, we don't have dispensaries in the clinic except for over-the-counter medicines. And, and we do have an arrangement with a, a wholesale pharmacy that does mail order for all of the, the chronic medications. Oh, great. And then how about imaging? Are you able to send them to a independent site every time? Yes. Yeah. We, do, we don't do... Typically, we're focused more on the, the 500 to 2,500 employer size. Okay. So we don't have imaging in-house. We, we have a, a value-based network of imaging that we can send people to. It's usually a direct contracting relationship. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to assume also surgery that you work with a lot of the independent surgery centers when it's time to refer that out. That's that, you know, what I would say is that in our traditional clinics where we have a whole network for that, and we're taking a lot of what we had with our traditional worksite clinics and building out for Asterius, but we want to do it differently. So that's an area of, of, of growth for us where we, we have something in place, but we want to make it better. Well, that's great. What do you think the company is going to look like in three to five years? If you had to guess, Jonathan. Yeah. So our goal with Asterius Health is to is to grow that division from zero to 500 clinics. It's it's very it's very ambitious, but we believe we can do it because you know our $19.50 per employee per month as a base cost, it's not batting an eye right now. And and the most interesting thing is is that our we knew this was going to happen, but our existing clients were cannibalizing our own business. Our existing clients are our first customers. Uh, we have a whole list of customers that want to transition their, their clinics to Asterius Health. And we're happy about that because we believe in the long run that we'll just have, we'll end up having more access to direct primary care, move that 17% up to a higher number. And so right now in five years, we're looking at, uh, our goal is 500 clinics for yeah. Asterius Health. That's great. So we pretty much, I, I'm not saying we've interviewed everybody in this space, but we've interviewed the majority of companies. Would you believe that 24 million members belong to companies like yours? Yes. Yeah, it's a big number. And yeah, then we've got another 2 million that are working with independent DPC. So it's really thanks to companies like you taking off in a big way, like I said at the top of the show. Well, we still have a long way to go. And I appreciate you you elevating the discussion with your, with your podcast. Yeah, I wish more people would talk about this because it's quite a sensational story. Nobody's covering. There's no academics covering it. There's very little press about it. Nobody's really sort of aggregating all this data. 
I've tried many times to make introductions to people to get somebody to start studying this, but there's nobody that seems to be interested. I don't know why. What do you see going on in, with the uh, health plans, you know, like a Cigna, for instance? Do you see any, any meaningful efforts going on where they're educating physicians? Now, of course, it's still going to be fee-for-service, but educating physicians on and, and changing the way they're paid so they at least you know, have more of an incentive for quality versus, versus uh, volume? I see them doing something even a little crazier. All five of the big bukas have gotten involved with virtual primary care. So they're trying to convert their customer, their members over to basically your model. And I can't imagine why the customer couldn't see that that's a perverse incentive model. There's, there's five or six reasons why a member is not going to want to have more volume with the insurance company that's providing it. It just, it just seems crazy. So yeah. Are they interested? Yeah, they're getting in your space. They, they want NDPC, but their model is completely not aligned with what works for the member. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then of course, retail getting in the middle of that and they have a different incentive. They want to sell more medications and more durable medical equipment and more home infusions. And so that's sort of a road for them is getting primary care and virtual primary care across the country to beef up their core businesses. What do you think about virtual care in general? What's your concern about virtual primary care? I don't really have any concerns about it. I mean, it looks to me like the pandemic at least doubled, if not quadrupled, the utilization, proving that the codes have been clarified. We know how people are going to get reimbursed. But virtual is really one of the uh, sort of bundled benefits of going DTC. So I can only see it just gets better, bigger, and more uh, accepted. Look, I'm, I've been a, a DPC customer for five years. And the convenience of having a doctor in my pocket, and I'm speaking for 23 million people, is just incalculable. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, you can't, you can't speak highly enough about it. Once you go there, you never want to go back to the old legacy. But you're just, you're just against virtual only, though. No, I'm not. There's great companies like Medici and 98.6 that are virtual only. Crossover Health has got a significant amount of their business in virtual. I, I, I see it as nothing but a positive. I don't see any negatives. So what's your beef with the insurance carriers going into virtual primary care? Because the pure virtual model that you offer and the rest of the folks on my show offer is a, a subscription model. They don't have a subscription model built into their offering. No. No. Right. So they're all about volume. The more you call, the more you charge. The more you charge, the more you get ding. It's all coming out of your deductibles, your co-pays. It's yeah. It doesn't it doesn't make sense that they're offering it. They're doing it, I think, because the rest of the world is gravitating that way. But I if I were a Blue Cross customer, I wouldn't want to use their doctors to get my care and have come out of pocket for it. It seems silly. Yeah, exactly. I think the other thing is like I, I spoke to one of our physicians that we were hiring a lot of physicians right now. And I spoke to one of the, like a 32 year old family practice physician. And he, and I said, you know, I said, I'm an old guy. So I, I asked him this question. I said, so since you've gotten out of your residency, have you only done telemedicine? And he said, yeah, I've only done virtual care. I said, do you think that a physician should ever see their patient in person or, you know, have somebody see them in person that can actually touch, touch them and put, you know, do a physical exam. And he said, I don't think it's necessary. 
And, and I, I think we've almost, the pendulum has almost gone too far. It's like we've forgotten that it still makes sense for the patient physician relationship and for gaining valuable information from time to time on a patient that, that you do see them in person or someone sees them in person. Yeah, we've had a guest, Babylon Health, who makes the claim that 95% of all visits can be virtual nowadays with artificial intelligence built in, especially supporting it, because often a bot can intercept the call and triage the calls that don't need to be handled by a physician. They only have 1,600 providers and they have 23 million members. The ratio is 16,000 members per doctor. They're the largest primary care provider in, in the UK right now. But that's an interesting model because, again, they're making the claim or they, they state that the vast majority of office visits don't need to happen. I think that's true. I think that is true. But I think it's the rub is that sometimes that does need to happen. And especially with those your more complex patients that you need to work with on compliance and on all sorts of other things, it's that relationship sometimes needs to be in person. And sometimes... We're cutting ourselves short by saying that there's no valuable information obtained by having an in-person evaluation. I think, like you said, it has to happen. We have to move towards this virtual model. Uh, a lot of the office visits are not necessary, but it's this kind of draconian approach where it's like, no, it's not. It's absolutely not necessary ever. It, you know. <laughs> You know, unless you go to the emergency room, it's not necessary. I just don't agree with it. Yeah. yeah, it's just another offering. Well, Jonathan, if folks want to find you, what's the best way to reach out and connect with you? Oh, they can reach out to me uh, directly through inhousephysicians.com or someone can call me. Anyone can just call me, 312-599-0096 or jspiro, S-P-E-R-O at ihphysicians.com. Great. And if you could fly a banner overhead, what would your message be to America? I think it's similar to, to what your message is, is that we all deserve to have an experience with a doctor where that doctor is there to provide care that meets your needs and listens to you as to what your preferences are and how you want to receive care. Yeah, sounds great. Hey, Jonathan, thanks for your time. Um, we'll do this again and catch up with you and hopefully in about a year. All right. Thanks, Ron. Take care. Take care, Jonathan. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up, there's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.